Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spiritual Spiral. I am your host, Sam Davidson, as always, joined by my co-host and good friend, Sari Cohen. And boy, do we have a very serious treat for you guys today. So I've been a big fan of this woman. Her name is Juliette Abodo. So she is a master hypnotherapist and NLP master practitioner and trainer with a mission to help treat, heal, and transform racism, as well as facilitate individual and corporate transformations through brain training. Basically, what she does is a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this show. How do you transform yourself? How to manifest what you want? Juliette here takes almost a clinical psychological approach to it, but also mixes it with spirituality, which is so cool. It's all one, essentially. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to um, chat all things spiritual. Love the name. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's funny because um, I was listening to one of your podcasts that you've been on and you were talking about spiraling and spirituality. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is absolutely perfect. <laughs> exactly. Before we dive into the spiritual aspect of what you do, tell us a little bit about how you became a master hypnotherapist. I'm assuming this wasn't anything you ever said, oh, I'm going to do that one day. No, in fact, like, um, Hypnosis was something like a magician, essentially, to me. Um, I didn't realize that you could use it in a clinical setting. And, you know, I guess because you can't really make a lot of money from it if you're giving people back their (laughs) power, not making them, um, you know, uh, addicted to anything or needing anything long term and actually like getting to root cause of issue. So what I learned about hypnosis, I, I wanted to erase a relationship from my mind <laughs> and so, <laughs> wow. and so essentially because that's just the dramatic portion but it's like essentially because I was now working in corporate and in past like my relationships I would I would spiral I would skip classes not want to hang out with friends all this stuff and I couldn't do that in corporate it's like no this is not I lived in New York rent is expensive I need this job so I was looking, I think, Googling for um, relationship help or getting over a relationship, and I came across a hypnotherapist in New York. And so I went for a session in person, and it wasn't until, like, the next year I had another breakup where I realized that, wow, this was a true transformation. Like, this pattern was gone. It's just so strange with hypnosis because it's not like you feel it or you have side effects to get you to feel something. It just, it just becomes you. It wasn't something I had to consciously think about. It just happened. It's just a new new way of feeling, new way of being. Yeah, I'm sure listeners want to know how. I mean, how did you transform? How did you take your power back? So it was, and so during the session, um, the point where she, we had the, um, the talk, the chat, she said, okay, so it seems like you have a difficult time of letting go, but you no longer have that issue. And so we started to work on giving me a visual of letting go of someone. So during the hypnosis session, it was like, there was a, almost like um, a rope and I took out a big pair of scissors and cut, cut, cut the rope. So it minimized the time of, you know, getting over a relationship because I would hold on to and ruminate over and over, just like my attachment issues were, were next level. So being able to have that healthy, because it's not something people teach you, like, so how to get over a breakup, like, you know, so it's like, once you set that pattern in a young age, you just keep doing it over and over again to you, like, it doesn't work. And so when I found something that actually worked and continue to do, I'm able to really feel comfortable getting relationships because I don't feel like it'll upset my world anymore. I'm more, I was more open. And so it really shifted everything. And then I, then I was like, oh, wow, I really attributed it to hypnosis. And so I used it again for sales, um, but I more NLP for sales. And then um, I just, you know, led my corporate life. Just, that was nothing that I thought I could do until I left um, corporate and started my businesses. And, you know, starting a business really opens your mind to possibilities and what you're capable of. But I was experiencing burnout and I came across um, a manifestation program with a hypnosis in it. And so that hypnosis was, you know, it was audio. 
but it helped me do some inner child work because I was able to identify a belief that came in my childhood that led me to my negative relationship with money. So is that a manifestation babe with Catherine? Yeah. Yeah. It was the manifestation. Um, it was rich babe Academy. It's just so funny because I really started to manifest a few years ago. I, I don't want to say I was rock bottom, but I was at the place where I was just hitting walls everywhere. I knew what I wanted to do as a career and I wasn't finding myself successful. And I found Catherine um, through Facebook, you know, some targeted ad. And I did a bunch of her workbooks, some of her classes and things like that. And I got my dream job so quickly. So I, I love that you also had experience with that. That's so cool. What drew me to this program about, about money wasn't even um, about making money because I was making it my business. It was the energy of ease that she exuded when she was talking about money. And it's like, I was making money, but I was just so tight and so wound up. And so just like, it was seemed like I was always on. And so when people were talking about the hypnosis and they're like, I was crying. And I was like, I'm from Brooklyn. I don't know what you guys are talking about right now. Why are you crying? <laughs> this is a money course, you know? <laughs> and so I, I actually listened to, it and I, I didn't, um, know the power of a hypnosis audio, but I'm someone that can go into trance. I didn't realize that if you're so, if you're highly analytical, it's very easy for you to actually go into trance. So I went into trance and I was able to go back to my childhood and find that specific memory that was causing me to repeat this particular pattern, this need to impress people. Like, why did I have a two bedroom? Why did I feel like I needed to have this, this particular type of business in technology, in finance? Because a mindset business is too fluffy or, you know, things like that. Unraveling those beliefs led to that freedom, which brought the ease. I'm curious too, because for people, you know, when they think of hypnosis, I mean, you, you think of just the, the most wild people acting crazy and like not remembering anything. I'm wondering if you can maybe break it down for people. Like you have to be willing to be hypnotized, right? Yeah. Okay. So essentially all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. So that's why I don't have like consultation calls for anything or um, my practice because you need to at least be 50 to 60% there, like to make the, to know that this is a change that you want consciously and subconsciously in order for us to facilitate this moment, this energetic moment where you can really speak to yourself, like have this board is like really a board meeting with yourselves, um, your inner child, your ego, your higher self and your subconscious mind, your super conscious mind, like so can we all get aboard on this? Like, what, do we really want this? Oh, that's why we were struggling? Because this isn't even a goal that we would care about. So can we let this go? Is it all right if we don't go to medical school? Okay, so what can we do instead? Because when you really go for it, what you really want, you, you're always going to succeed. Mm -hmm. Success is inevitable when it's something you truly want. There's the entertainment and the stories and the narratives, that passion, doesn't pay the bills, but it, it it really does. Passion and skill, and you can have multiple passions. You don't just like have one thing in life and it could change throughout the years. So giving ourselves permission to experience and not just live life, but experience everything and be okay and look at it, everything as an experience and know that there's a better experience or a good experience around the corner with every bad one. And I love that quote, success is inevitable. I want a bumper sticker because <laughs> the truth is there's so many things that are inevitable. One of them yeah. is death. Yeah, a hundred percent. And hypnosis has really helped me deal with the fear of death because it's understanding like where, where did I even come from? Like, where do these memories form? Like, where was I before I was Juliet, before here? Like, mm -hmm. I knew I took some time in, in the womb, but how do we come out and become these multifaceted beings? You know, like, you are not just what I see on this call. There's so much more that's going on in your mind behind you before you hopped on the call, after you hopped on the call, everything. You were a baby, now you're an adult, you're gonna be an old person soon. 
you know, God willing, like, you know, so it's like, yeah. but you're all these things that, but then that doesn't change who you are. Like all of a sudden you may be old, but that doesn't mean you're not you when you were in your twenties and thirties, you're still that person. And speaking to people that are older now, they still see themselves as that person. They yeah. don't really change that at the core. And so understanding that that's helped me relieve a lot of my fear of death, because I realized that the fear comes from possibly regretting my time here and how I spent it. Absolutely. And so I want to tie spirituality again into all of this. So much of what you're saying is what a lot of light workers often say, you know, visualizing. And when you say you're in hypnosis, you're in that state and all of your different beings are like talking to each other. It's like, those are kind of sound like spirit guides, you know? So how have you been able to connect what you do? Because there is a very clinical aspect to what you do with psychology and and all of that, but also mold together the spiritual aspect of it, knowing that like we are all one and the universe is so big. So how do you go about your practices while incorporating that? So in terms of like for us to be able to understand certain concepts and things, it has to be in a language that we can understand it. So that's with, and that language is within the subconscious mind. So a lot of times I'll have clients that may not even their first instance of emotion or belief is from a past generation or a past life. And that is how it's their experience it or is coming to them in that moment. And so that is how their subconscious is interpreting it, or that is their spiritual guides based on their spirituality. So this way they understand it at the most basic level, what this is and what's happening and how that energy can really shift them biologically. It's really all about energy. Yeah. And so the um, synapses, your neuro, your neural pathways, everything that's firing off is energy, which creates this reaction, which creates this emotion, which creates you, your behavioral pattern, which creates your results. Mm -hmm. But it all starts with a spark. I think the key is being aware of it. I mean, that seems to be kind of the first step and really where you leapt off from. Yeah, yeah. So being aware of it and then making it your new natural setting because the subconscious is in place for us to save energy so we don't always have to think about what we do. So the automatic patterns, automatic reactions to things is what determines like our lives. So if I, if I'm someone that really doesn't want to wake up early, or if I'm someone that if I didn't really want to come on to this call, you know, because I felt like, oh, I'm not going to say anything smart or important, or like, what's the point of all this? Like, this isn't going to um, help anyone. If I believe that truly, I would find a way to be late, or I would find a way to cancel. That yeah. subconscious belief is going to force me to feel a certain way to act a certain way and create a certain result. Self-sabotage. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do that in relationships. <laughs> I'm all about that one. <laughs> Something that um, a lot of the light workers, spiritual people we've been talking to over the past eight months, I don't know. We're, we'll get into time in a little bit. That's a whole other topic I want to talk about. But, you know, it's this whole shifting into the 5D and everyone, it sounds so woo-woo, and what are you talking about? But there is a very like scientifical, clinical explanation of 3D, 4D, 5D. I mean, do you believe that we really are all shifting into the 5D right now? And what does that mean to you? So for, for me, I know that the, um, the theory of the universe and the theory of the Big Bang and how like the different, there were two worlds and how we're going to split again. And so that has certain people feeling like, oh, no, we have to. So in terms of how we think of worlds and the timelines, it's really an emotional connection. Our emotions are our energy expressed, right? Yeah. And so when, you, when I teach about 5D, I don't try, I make it very inclusive and I don't want to make it like something where you are above anyone or like, oh, it's so 3D. When I talk about 3D concept and how I help with 3D blocks from a 5D perspective, I mean from a place of non-judgment, a place of a blank slate, essentially, of being. So I'm able to help you for your particular issues, your particular blocks, without 
thinking about what's going on outside because just because you may feel so you can I could come to you as a black woman right and I could tell you I feel oppressed and you're going to automatically suit oh racially oppressed but I could be talking about oppressed within my community so then it's not race so but if I don't take that moment to if I don't come into the session as a blank slate and see you as a soul and how you want to express your soul, what's really keeping you from that soul expression, then it's going to limit the success that we have. So I, when I talk about 5D, I talk about a place where you actually shed judgment on who's good and who's bad or who's whatever. And you see people for the beings that they are. So in terms of love or non-judgment, I'm seeing it as from agape love like pretend you are an alien and you come here and you have no political ties no issues but you see this person acting out in a violent a violent manner so you are but you wait for them to act you wait for them to present this information to you and then you can make a decision you don't go into it with the decision already made Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. It's of, of course, it's very important to protect yourself, especially if you're a practitioner on who you see the type of clients. And then I make it very clear, I do value-based posting. So these type of people wouldn't even be interested in me being, you know, being their practitioner. They're like, oh, by the way, after storm the Capitol, I feel a little tired. Would you mind giving me an energy boost hypnosis? <laughs> I'm like, um, what? <laughs> excuse me like you know so it's it's not those people wouldn't even come into my path so so really when you are expressing your truth showing your values Mm -hmm. and give and coming from that place then it really does fine-tune your frequency to people that are aligned to that or souls that are aligned to that so you are actually further protecting yourself in that regard because you are really showing your full authentic self but at the same time, um, when I go into sessions and when I see my clients, I, ex- I wait for them to present who they are before mm-hmm. I make any judgments. Main- in maintaining this expectation, you get what you expect, mm-hmm. not really what you deserve. Because I know as someone that is um, trauma-informed with the law of attraction, it can really affect people that have been in difficult relationships or situations because they're like what did I attract this like what am I you know and so I tell them with with these that's a very particular law that people there there are other laws within it you know Mm -hmm. so this law is not designed to make you feel bad or feel guilty that motion is not this is to give you freedom and to, to show you how powerful you are so now that you are aware of this right and these other laws and these other instances, I want to give you clarity that it's not really about you attract what you are. It's really about you attract what you expect and what you expect is based on your beliefs. So if you are expecting this, then you're going to be presented with more of it. And even if you're deserving or not deserving, and this is also why you cannot be stuck on other people getting you know, what they deserve or revenge or wishing that they would stop being happy because if they don't expect not to be happy or bad things to happen to them, then oftentimes you're, they're not going to get it. So that's why you see people that you would think like karma would hit them, but they don't believe in karma. They don't believe in that. So it doesn't hit them. This is to free you from this idea so you can live life what, how you want. So that has, that's just an example of how to help people spiritually in a clinical setting in a help in a helpful way versus bypassing. People throw around the term law of attraction and I don't think they really understand what that means. But as to what you were saying, I think it is about your frequency. You know, that that is more of what you attract. You know, what they say, what you put out is what you get back. But whether it's expectation or action, I think it has to all come from self-love and knowing who you are. And like you were saying, you know, just putting that out there, being who you are, no apologies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you attract the, the right people, the right energies into your life. And then some people are saying like, I'm not really energetic person. I'm not super optimistic or, 
or a cheerleader and because does do I have to be high vibe in order to make there are so many people that make a lot of money that aren't considered high vibe at all you know mm -hmm. so it's really your your radio station the tv channel that you're playing where your reality is like other people are watching it in color people are watching it in hd 4k like what do you mm -hmm. want to watch it in you know um when you wake up and it's raining are you excited because now you could chill inside and read a good book or are you upset because some reason or the other? Either way, it's raining. The frequency definitely shifted, I think, for everyone in, this, in, in 2020, in this last year. If you were vibrating at a higher frequency and you knew it and you felt it and then the world kind of, you know, shattered and we were all kind of shaken up, how do we get back or, or even, even if we weren't there before, how do we elevate our frequencies? What can we do? So it's really the same. It's the same um, channel. It's just like either you move, remove the static or you get a clearer picture. And in order to remove the static, you need to see it for what it is and accept it for what it is and, and make, make use of what you have, essentially. So being able to move through it and see the benefits or the opportunities versus the obstacles and the cons will definitely bring you back to a place where you feel comfortable in the world again, that safety. So a lot of people basically lost their idea or that energy of safety that yeah. they thought they had. And the thing is, it never left. It's just that we took that information in and we consumed a lot to, to give us the idea that it isn't when it's just like you have to put more safety measures in place so you're safer, but that safety isn't actually gone if you just have to look for it a better, you know, a little more. Yeah, it's just shifted. I mean, as someone that was in LA for 14 years since I was 18 and now I'm back in Ohio living with my mom semi-temporarily. I fought it for so long, you know, and finally I was just like, okay, I guess I'm going home. Like, what is this? There's this song, you know, it's like, I'm coming home. Oh, yeah. Right? I would yeah. always listen to that. And then at one point I stopped listening to it because I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I like, I don't, okay. I don't think I belong here in Cleveland. Like I'm very grateful for this space and this time with my mom and my cat and a roof over my head um, and some amazing memories that we're making together. But at the same time, there's something in my gut that always knew this bitch is going to end up coming home at some point. Cause I was like, I didn't even want to come home during the summers in college. I was like, I'm an LA girl now. Like this yeah. is me. And that was my safety. Um, my seat and, and LA is so unpredictable, so unknown. And, and oddly enough, that was my, that was my safety net, but it got pulled out from under me and I know it's all for a reason. And I'm confident that, you know, amazing things are ahead. Knock on wood. Also a little superstitious over here, <laughs> but I want to get to ancestral trauma and healing your inner child it's something that a lot of light workers obviously talk about. You talk about it a lot. I mean, last night I just had a dream I was in high school again fighting with girls. And it just, every time I wake up, I think to myself, can't you just let it go? Like, this is so stupid. So how does that play into you helping people heal and removing those blocks? Yeah, so um, really with with the method of hypnosis that I do, it's not just um, mental, it's also physical. So it's a mind-body connection. So the emotions that you feel when you wake up from that nightmare, mm -hmm. right? Um, removing those emotions, removing that feeling mentally and physically will get you the desired shift. Because either it's still stuck there in your body or your mind. So with the method of hypnosis I do, we move, remove both. So you really get a deeper shift in experience. So you can't even tap into that feeling anymore because the feeling is what keeps, keeps you in the past. Mm -hmm. So if you were to wake up from a coma and someone was like, remember this in high school, these girls, and you're, and you're just looking and someone's telling you what they did, but you don't feel anything, it's gone right it doesn't change the past but how you feel about the past changes Absolutely. therefore it changes 
your past. So you really can't, because all we have are our memories of the past. And we could see too, we're going to be able to see this in 10, 20 years, what they're going to teach in school about what happened in January. Like mm -hmm. you were there, you know, and you're going to be like, yeah, this is what happened. They're like, in school, they said this. And you're like, wait, hold on, let me go to your class. <laughs> in my purse well, what are they teaching yeah. you yeah you know <laughs> so that saying that's like history is pop culture I mean yeah who's writing it, the books exactly so imagine like all the stuff that we don't know and it's all based on your perspective your belief system everything so that's how you're going to present it so the same way that you're learning this this is the story this narrative is being repeated to you internally you're like I can't do this and then the fact that you call Cleveland home not LA hell no girl <laughs> <laughs> so you so internally you're the words the you're saying home home so for me um I had a friend that was talking about when I was saying I was in New York and I was saying yeah I'm going home for the holidays right like you meet to your parents house and I'm like no it's home yeah, like, it'll always be home here in yeah. my heart. Um, and I do truly love it. You know, speaking of current events and everything, I know, like I said in your intro, some of the things you're really focusing now are working with Black and Brown people. Um, I'd also be interested to know if you have a lot of Jewish clients because there's a lot of still that same ancestral trauma. People swipe the Holocaust under the rug just all the time, but then see what happened to the Capitol the other day. It's just straight there in front of our faces. And I was seeing these Instagram posts like, Think about your Jewish friends right now, because this was really scary and hard for them to see. Like when I was younger and um, I, I went to Israel for the summer for birthright, the free trip that you get. And I went to the Holocaust Museum and I just, I couldn't even, it, it just hurt so badly. I was like running away from the Holocaust forever. I didn't mm -hmm. want to go there. It, it was so hard. So trauma like that, how does that remain in their bodies, even if they didn't personally experience it in this lifetime? Yeah, it's very interesting because a lot, I have a client that came to me um, that had a fear of flying. Like she just couldn't fly and she knew that she wanted to travel more and just like, you know, she's in her 20s. And so she came just for the fear of flying, but then we were able to trace back to her great grandmother and um, how it something happened. That fear was racially motivated because of what happened to her brother at the time and was through epigenetics and gene expression just the the moving out of your your home space there that danger that fear just was expressed now within her great granddaughter mm -hmm. and you know it's not like they were flying back then but it's just like the moving the idea of leaving this family safety this area this particular circumference that is how it was expressed and is very real and so just as it can be installed because of a certain emotional event it can be uninstalled too by understanding that emotional event and changing that overriding that fear because that's that's basically you breaking the generational trauma what is the next step after understanding? So it's releasing. So it's the energetic and emotional release that you that you don't that you can't talk through. It's mm. not something that they can also they don't talk to me. It's something that they just experience just like mm. they're experiencing now. Like I don't know, like you could be saying one thing to me, but you're thinking about something else. So just like that, like during the session, they have this one moment where they're able to really talk to themselves in the language that they understand. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Like when I was in high school, I kind of lied. I, I ended up going to a private all girls school that didn't have a lot of Jewish people. And I told everybody I was half so I could be cool because I saw the way that the people that were full Jewish, the select few in the school were just thought of as, or treated as, and you know, the whole, oh, I didn't know you were Jewish is, and I, and I guess people don't mean it, but mm -hmm. it comes out of your mouth or their mouths. And you're like, uh, yeah, sorry. And I also have like, you know, 12 toes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's that that's definitely a trigger because it's it's linked to, you know, feelings of being when you are 
persecuted for who you are, that hits you at the soul level because you chose to come to the world to experience this, this identity at this, this soul. So essentially someone's like, no, wrong choice. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? So that just takes you to another place. So then you are kind of living according to how they see you versus how you see you and how you're supposed to see you. And I think even with my dreams and stuff now being home, you know, I'm coming home, baby. Here I am. Mom's <laughs> basement. I'm like unpacking. I think I'm really unpacking all that. I'm trying to connect with my inner child to tell her, you know, that it's okay, um, that we're good, everyone's good. With the events that have happened in 2020, the protests, all of that stuff, there has been terrible, terrible things happening to the Black community forever. Awful. Mm -hmm. And we hear about it, and then it kind of goes away. And George Floyd really triggered something in millions of people all over the country. So how do you feel about those events happening and then the response? Because all of a sudden it was just like zero to a hundred and I completely understood it, but that is some really, really deep ancestral trauma. Yeah, because it was like, at this point in time, it was the great pause. We didn't have a place to escape it. So it's, there's one tweet that came out that day. It's like being black is essentially hearing about someone being murdered by the police and wondering if you should allow it to ruin your day, you know? And it's yeah. just like, for me, um, I started marching in the night and with, um, so in New York, Amadou Diablo, where he was sh the shots um, for the police in New York. So it's something I've always been marching. And then I was marching for um, four years ago. And then it seems like every two years there's something and so for George Floyd, it was just kind of, and then I would, I would talk about it, I would post about it. And the thing is, um, I would never, or people didn't really ask anyone outside of the Black community to talk about it. Like people may have like, hey, are you gonna talk about it? But then people are like, you know what, fuck it. Are you gonna talk about it? Like, <laughs> are you gonna talk about it? Finally, yeah. come on. Like, this is really bad. This is not shots, not a quick death. Mm -hmm this, have you seen this? Like, I don't want to keep doing this over and over again. People are, are really, really dying. And this is, and so it came to a boiling point where it's like the weathering and it's just like, we cannot take, it. just the timing is like taking it into this new era. The history of the U.S., you know, we are living on the ancient Indian burial ground this blood that's consistent constantly being shed you know in the name of all what we worship which is money um at this you know at the same time it's, it's really at the end of the day as someone that has my background i'm first generation nigerian so i come from a country where everyone is the same color but the same issues are still there with division when it comes people want power and the idea of lack the idea that there's not enough for everyone we're there should be less for some people and, and not. So we are really fighting that that greater evil of lack, that greater evil of greed and power for just and the representation of that, this false idol, this false idea that there is racial hierarchy. When aliens come here, they just see us at the same. Like if you see a, a bunch of cats, you see cats. You're not going to be like, oh, there's a black cat and there's a white cat. There's this. You see cats. Because this, this idea wasn't something we had in ancient times, you know? Right. We were divided by geography, your people, your lands, you know? You came from here, you came from there. It wasn't really about you have this skin color and you have this or do that. So this is a very still new concept, which can be unraveled but it took uh, over 100 years 200 years to install so we is going to take another 100 years to uninstall so we need to start doing the work now sooner rather than later and let's be honest this really all really started with capitalism um yeah and one of the things that you do, and we all want money because we want we think money is happiness in a lot of ways 
Sometimes it can be if you kind of pair it with something else, you know, love of yourself, love of the people you're with, love of what you do. But money, it's, uh, it's currency. Um, there's emotional currency, but that's, this is the only real currency us as humans are able to understand. So how do we let go of that fear and this messed up thing that's been stuck in our heads for centuries that money equals happiness? but also still wanting to be successful and make money and have that life. The issue with money is that a lot of the times the energetic exchange is uneven. Like for example, fast food. Fast food wasn't really that bad. It was fast food. It was just like, yay, Wendy's, yeah, McDonald's. Like I remember in the 90s, McDonald's fries were so good. Now it's it's like styrofoam, you know, because they they minimize the energy that they are giving us in return for the money. It's, it's like the, the imbalances of the system and the, the energy need to be rebalanced for us, for us to like continue to thrive as a society, to have these like goals, to gamify life, you know? That's what's in place for it. It's like, that's what we're here to see how well we can do. But when it's rigged or when it's 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 like wait this game is you know pretty shabby like we're missing some pieces over there like where where's the where are the instructions like you guys have different rules you know so it's like that this guy's is, cheating this guy's <laughs> cheating you know it's like we're not playing fair so it makes it less fun so once we realize that it's okay to still play the game but if we can all like we could we could have different difficulty levels that we want to aspire to, but we should be okay with people aspiring to, to less difficult levels and people wanting more difficult levels, but not like messing up other people's um, advancements either. And even and then playing fair too, and making it where everyone could just like if they want to stay at the finish at the start line that they can without starving to death. You know, it's interesting we're talking about currency. Um while we're on that subject because to me time is the greatest currency above and beyond anything else and you have a really interesting concept of time can you talk about that a little bit yeah so i feel like um i i really don't i don't like to waste my time you know because i know that we have a certain number of hours in the day certain days in the year and, and then also um, what I consume during that time is also important because that, that's gonna crystallize into my memory and that's what's gonna lead me into creating my future. So I, I try to really focus on cutting the ties to the past because that's what keeps us stuck. Like just in case, just a, the example, if you came out of a coma, you would not be impeded from going for what you wanted by past memories, fears, or anger, or sadness, right? You'd be like, actually, I want to actually move back to Cleveland and open a coffee shop. No, you don't like Cleveland, remember? It's like, no, but look, this space over here is really cute, and we could do it. No, you don't like it. You, <laughs> why don't I like it? Because this, 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 but I could really open this coffee shop. I've always wanted a real coffee shop. It's cost-effective, and there's a lot of space. <laughs> And you're like, but no, you don't like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to open in this coffee shop. So you don't have the past impacting your decisions or making you believe that this area, you can really just make decisions based on the, what's going on now and the pros now versus the cons of the past. Something really interesting too that I've heard you say is that both time and money do not exist. And especially in the spiritual world, interviewing all these light workers, when we talk about people on the other side, that time doesn't exist there. And it's so hard to wrap your head around it. With 2020, this has been a total mind fuck in every sense of the word, because in a little less than two months, it will be one year since we have been sent to our bedrooms on timeout. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and thank God for this show that I've been doing. It's made me feel like I've done something with myself, with my life, with my creativity. But it's just a very freaked out thing to think, oh my God, it's been a year. So how can we really digest this one year? Because it seems so daunting to me personally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really um, understanding that something like this 
can happen and has happened before with the Spanish flu, you know. So knowing that that this has happened before and it can possibly happen again in the future gives you a concept of really appreciating the now because you think about 2019 and how everyone was like, yeah, get out of here, like 2020. <laughs> and now you're like, oh, come back. Like, <laughs> just kidding. So you really understand like now is important. So it's January and you have certain freedoms, right? That you can experience versus worrying about them going away in the future. So experience them now, enjoying it now. So you have these memories, these positive memories to look back on versus regret that you didn't take advantage of what you had now. Because um, there was a TikTok, someone was like, um, it's 2030 or something. And she takes out her, she checks in her pocket and says, oh, my mask. Back when I was so innocent. And she like loads up her weaponry. She's like, it's like ready. So, you know, but it's really, it's really dark humor. But, <laughs> but you think about that and you're like, okay, you know what? If it does get worse, then what did I do to make the best of right now? Something else I wanted to talk about was subliminal messaging. What is subliminal messaging like in this world today? And are you able to identify it and be like, oh God? Yeah, yeah. Coca-Cola was actually fined for using subliminal messaging in, wow. in movie theater ads. Mm -hmm. So people would watch the previews of movies and they would buy popcorn. And all of a sudden you want a Coca-Cola and they're like, oh yeah, I guess I'll go get a Coca-Cola. And so that increased their sales because they were using the subliminal messaging. So it's um, actually against the law now for advertisers to use it because it is very effective because you're essentially just repeating something over and over to someone's subconscious mind, which is where your automatic reactions come from. You can see it when people are pouring water and now also you need to pee. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's everywhere. So that's a way to identify it when people post on their accounts to do wealth um, to show you like wealth messaging like look i have um it, an evian bottle versus a glass of water that sig signals wealth to you you know mm -hmm. it's like oh i'm using a ring light that signals that she takes this seriously to you so mm -hmm. body language different things um, will signal to people certain messages. So it's always happening. And then you can take it if you consistent, if I show up consistently and tell you something, eventually, just like how they say um, with sales, you have to tell your ideal customer something seven times, seven different ways before it hits. So understanding that and knowing that what you consume is very, very important because eventually you're going to be like, oh yeah, the world is ending. And you're like, no, it's okay, actually. Like, you? No, I'm watching this, 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 I've been listening to this po specific podcast every day for the past month. And they said that the world is ending. Not even to get political ladies, but just saying five years ago when, when certain someone was running for office and you were, I wrote a whole thing about it. And you're wondering like why certain people were falling for certain things exactly what you were saying all of the techniques were there you're hearing short sentences repeated time and time again not only how you're hearing things but the way you're consuming information so you're getting it through a source like social media and what does that do it's triggering the same part of the brain that focuses on addiction so yeah. you're receiving the messages and how you're receiving it it's like it's almost, it's almost no surprise to see the state that we're in. And then you stoke that, the flames with like fear and, and ignorance and not being able to differentiate between fact and fiction. It's a perfect storm. And, so. and speaking of the, the Holocaust, um, there is a Jewish psychologist on TikTok. I can't remember his name, but I just remember the video. And he was talking about this experiment with lobsters. So if you put the lobster in the pot and it's boiling is going to jump out you know it's going to crawl out but if you put the lobster in the pot and you slowly turn up the heat eventually it'll be too late to jump out so with radicalism and ideologies you have to you know spoon feed it until all of a sudden that becomes their main source of nutrients 
that was then and it, when this was all happening back in 2016 there was a um an holocaust survivor who actually wrote that and said not exactly that um that analogy but was saying you know if you ever wondered how hitler rose to power this is how he did it you cannot normalize these things because it's like one thing after another and it's so you're you're so overwhelmed with it that you know, before you know it, you turn around and, and this is your normal life. Yeah. And it's, on, and I see so many people leaving the Republican party because now it's, it's just linked to be being not Republican means Nazi at this point. So mm -hmm. they're like, wait, I, you know, my family and everything, this is, you know, we just wanted to not pay taxes. Like what's going on? Like, <laughs> exactly. Like what happened? Like, I just wanted to pay less taxes and now we Nazis like this is not yeah. so they're like I just wanted to keep my money yeah it's like so it, it just really shifted it so now like um and it, they the the number of people increased in the party actually because they think like oh now it's just normal and so normalizing it it definitely has made it very detrimental so and it made it easier for people in power to ignore it Absolutely. until their messaging worked too well is now they're turning against the people in power yeah and a, um i believe a michigan senator said it someone was saying wow you guys are acting really fast with um with the impeachment with everything now they're like yeah because now it affects us <laughs> right and exactly. i was like you know <laughs> the, yeah. finally some people are telling the truth <laughs> it's like well, right What's kind of scary is that there's probably people that know how to do what you do very well that are these essentially puppet masters. Um, mm -hmm. And it's in the media too. It's on both Fox News and it's on CNN. People share what they want to share and share it in the way that they want to share it, which in some way, I mean, do you ever watch the news and are like, that yeah. is hypnotherapy? <laughs> Yeah, I tell people um, the way that Trump runs his marketing and the language that he uses is exactly what is ex very hypnotic. Mm -hmm. um, by using humor, you lower down people's um, barrier of entry. So he was very funny and he's just feeding these things and then being able to really identify people's weaknesses and how to really bring them onto your side. And, and of course, this is someone that's telling him this, this isn't him, but- Yeah, we give, him, we give him way too much credit, credit and power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like him leaving office, I hate to say it, break it to people, isn't really gonna change everything. He's just, he's just an influencer. He's literally an influencer, but he's not the <laughs> one selling the skinny yep. tea, you know? <laughs> just because you yell at this influencer to delete the skinny tea ad doesn't mean there aren't going to be other skinny tea ads popping up everywhere, you know, or yeah. the issue that we have with why is skinny tea exists in the first place, you know, like, so, so people are just using this as a representation. So it does make people feel better because symbolism help, is another way to get to your subconscious mind. So removing that symbolism and um, people forming different groups, but I feel like now that there will be a subset and there will be another party that's really dedicated to him, it will be easier to create that division versus like having two party system. But they, that's something that they don't want because it's harder to control multiple entities versus right and left. I want to end us on a little bit of a happier note and talk about happiness. So getting your mind, body, and soul ready to be happy. My father, who has passed now, he had, and I think this has been passed down to me, he came from a modest lower middle class family and built an empire, made a lot of money, went through a midlife crisis, spent it all. And then there was just all this like, you know, um, angst and anger over money, having it, not having it. And I remember there's this one time he said to me, through it all, even at my richest, I don't think I've ever been happy. And I said that to me, I think when I was around 18 years old and I was just like, shit, I do not want to go down that path. So how do we break that generational thought and also just learn to accept happiness because there's some people that don't know what it feels like truly to feel happiness. To understand that happiness is a state it, it goes in and out. It's not a 
you know, just you, like you're just a setting that's just set. But um, it's a state that you can tap into more often than other states. So really looking for seeking neutrality and contentment and being okay with not being happy is really kind of like counterintuitive, but that's when you find that happiness because it's really just acceptance of, of where you are now and being mindful. So usually we leave the state of happiness because either we're thinking of something from our past or thinking about something in the future. So if you focus on now and this yummy like ice cream cone and how good it finally tastes like to not have to eat something with a mask on, for example, like, yes, really enjoy that moment. And you do that consistently, you'll have more moments where you're present and happy versus when you're in the past or worrying about the future. It's a habit. Listen, I know people need to be healthy and have a healthy diet. I get that. But there's all these people that deprive themselves so much. And I'm like, life is meant to be lived. Like, have that piece of cake. Have the beer. Do what you want to do. Like, why are we here if we're not allowed to do those things? Exactly. Yeah. And so, and then like really looking at the food for what it is and experience. Like, why do you like having this? Like, is it because... Um, the the texture, the flavor. Do you like making it? Do you like eating it with friends? Does it remind you of some a relative? Like really see it. Like really as you're eating it, thinking about what you're eating, thinking, ex- fully experiencing it versus just like eating it and going, you know, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like really, like oh, I wonder who made it. Oh wow, they really took time to do this and add the seasoning hmm, maybe I should start a garden yeah just like really take really just like going into the meal going into the experience mindfulness is really the key and presence is the key to happiness because you're focused on now in this moment when everything's okay and if you continuously focus on these moments of okayness that you'll look back and you'll see that your life was filled with all these moments of okayness and then you're just so used to looking and focusing on now. It just becomes something that you do. You know, people used to ask me, or still ask me, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I always think that's the funniest question to ask. And you know, my answer is happy. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years, but I know that if I'm happy today, then I'm going to be happy tomorrow and the exactly. next day and the next day and the next day. And where I end up is irrelevant. Exactly. Wherever I am, I'll be happy. This has been such an absolute joy, Juliet. Thank you for joining us. Please tell all of our fans where they can find you, you know, Instagram, TikTok, your website, your classes, all of it. Yeah, so you can find me at Juliet C. Aboto on Instagram. Um, That's my main hub, and then you'll be able to find me on other platforms. Um, I'm everywhere, really, with content is something that I just, like, do. Um, I'm on TikTok at Million Dollar Hypnotic hypnotist and on youtube juliet c and uh twitter juliet c aboto but you can find all those links at forwardinstitute.com f-w-r-d institute.com amazing thank you so much and thank all of you guys uh for watching for listening please let us know what you thought of this interview because i think you're really gonna love it we'd love to hear your thoughts make sure to follow us on instagram at spiritual spiral show rate review subscribe we love hearing your feedback we're on all podcast platforms and we will see you next week bye everyone bye, bye.